are embarking into one of my favorite seasons, y'all. And uh, not so much since I've moved to Louisiana. I'm not going to lie to any of you. But summer has to be one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, I guess I'll read my scripture so my beautiful wife can go sit down. But uh, Psalms 1, 1 to 4. Psalms 1, 1 to 4. And I'm excited. I'm excited about the summer. And I'm just excited about every summer. Really, that, that's the truth of the matter. Every summer comes along, I'm like, yeah, let's get it, man. And uh, let's just, you know, let's be honest here. Uh, and, and here's, uh, we'll read this. Sorry, Lizzie, I'll get onto it. Okay. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel, there it is, of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he, may, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a what? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Finally, verse 4. The ungodly, they're not so. They're not like trees. They're, they're like chaff, which the wind drives away. For a few, ni- few minutes tonight, I, I just want to talk on this subject. Flourish. Flourish. So summer, I was telling you, you're good. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I absolutely, I've always loved summer. I've, it's, I mean, probably since as a child, because you get off from school, you have no responsibilities. It's wonderful. I was a bike rider, y'all. Like, I would get outside. I would do some sweet jumps off of the ditches around my house. And, and that was just my life, right? Like, I'd, I'd get on my bike, and we would ride around, me and the neighborhood kids. And there were no cell phones. Uh, we did have Nintendo, but the controllers were rectangles, and you had, like, Super Mario and Duck Hunt, and that was about it. So you, got, you, you only got to die on World 3 so many times before you were like, uh-uh, I'm going outside to play some games. I'm going outside to play Manhunt. I'm going outside to ride my bike. I'm going to live life, y'all. And, and you came home when, when the streetlights came on. That was just, that was my life, and, and it was wonderful. And I wish so bad that I was still doing it. But that's okay. And I still love summer. In Canada, growing up in Canada, it was wonderful because uh, summer days were felt like forever. And then the, the weather would cool off. It would start to drop a little bit. About 8.30, 9 o'clock, the weather would start to dip. And uh, we talk Celsius, but let's talk Fahrenheit. So you'd go from 98 down to like mid-70s, maybe even high 60s. And you could light up a fire and you could go get a nice sweatshirt on, and you'd have bonfires every night. Uh, when I first moved to Louisiana, it, it was my first July, uh, July here in Louisiana, and July 1st is Canada Day, July 4th, Independence, woohoo! and then July 1st is Canada Day. So I get to celebrate two holidays, like back-to-back. It's awesome. And so we were having a celebration July 1st, Canada Day, and I had a bunch of people over to come and, and celebrate my beautiful country with me. It was really cool. And so I called a bunch of people up and said, hey, can, can I borrow a fire pit? And they, <laughs> what do you need a fire pit for? Well, I'm going to have a bonfire. You're going to have a bonfire? Why? 
well, it's, you know, it's a summer night. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a bonfire. And they're like, uh, yeah, I mean, here, the you know, it's here. And so Lizzie, she's like laughing at me. And I had no clue why, really. It hadn't really registered at this moment. So the, the night comes, and July 1st rolls around. The party's swinging. And we've probably got about 25, 30 people in this little rental apartment that I had. And, and we moved every, tried to move everyone outside because of the, the bonfire that we were going to have. And, and. I'm going to tell you, we did not light that fire. It was 100 degrees that night. It was absolutely miserable. Like, I, I lit the fire only to put it out, like, after five minutes because people were like, you're retarded. Like, stop. And so, so yeah, that was, that, <laughs> that was Brendan's introduction to Louisiana summers. But nonetheless, summer has continued, and, and now probably be because of my profession, has continued to be one of my favorite times of the year. I'm, I'm a lawn guy, and so... This time of the year is money for me, so this time of the year is still my favorite, in spite, despite all, all the brutal, brutal 100-degree days. But thank God for summer. Here's another reason that I absolutely love summer. I love nature. I'm all about hikes. I'm all about that kind of stuff. Now, one thing I want to point out to you, I want to show you some pictures. I love gardens. I've got a couple of customers, actually, they've got, these aren't their gardens, I wish they were, but uh, these aren't their gardens, but these, these are some gardens, I love gardens, man, like, and my wife loves flowers, so it, it works out well, and, oh, wow, wow, right, beautiful, beautiful, what are the, those are roses, and, and there's more roses, and, and I love gardens, I love gardens. I, I don't love working in gardens, I, I'm a lawn guy, I'll, I'll work in gardens when I have to, but but I love looking at gardens. I love walking through gardens. There's nothing more peaceful than a nice Saturday when you've got not a whole lot on your plate. And you can just walk through a garden and enjoy what it looks like. Enjoy the, just the beauty of it all. I mean, the, the birds, the, the, the few insects, not the snakes so much. But, you know, you get to enjoy the beauty of God's nature. All throughout the Bible, nature Trees and, and other plants have been talked about right since the very beginning of the Bible. Right in Genesis. I mean, you're walking through Genesis with Pastor, and I'm so sad. I love junior high. Where's my junior high? They're, they're all like, peace. <laughs> no class tonight. We're not coming. So, uh, But I love junior high, but I'm so sad that I don't get to be in here, here for Pastor's messages. And you've been walking through Genesis and so you've been learning about all this beautiful vegetation that God's been creating, right? All this wonderful grass and, and trees and oak trees and, and all that beautiful, beautiful stuff. The wonderful garden, Garden of Eden. And it's great. So right at the beginning of the Bible, you're looking, you're shown a picture of a very luscious, a, a very amazing garden that is flourishing in every way, which, and form. And then you jump into another scripture like the book of Psalms that we just read, and, and it describes us. It says, I want to be like a tree planted by the river, right? I, that's me. That's who I want to be. I don't want to be like those chaff people. I want to be like that tree person. And, and so there you are again. And then later on in John 15, again, here's Jesus talking to his people and saying, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Branches reference. There you go, Aaron. So. 
All I'm saying is all through the Bible, then you, here, you can even go to Psalms 92. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Over and over and over, God has shown us that for some reason, there is an equivalence between plants and how strong and, and amazing and beautiful and all the great things that they do and you and I. There's something to aspire, I guess, after a tree and Let's not become those people, right? Like we're out on the lawn next week. That'd be strange. And what are all those? <laughs> what are all those? Anyways, weird mental picture. But, but over and over and over, over and over and over, the Bible points to plant and vegetation growth as a metaphor for our relationship and our walk with God. And it does not matter your age, it does not matter your vocation, it does not matter uh, your schooling level. Every single one of us should have a desire to flourish in our walk with God like we may have not flourished in our walk with God up until this point. Or maybe you are flourishing. Or maybe you have flourished in the past. But every single one of us should strive, should make it a point for, for this season in my life I want to flourish in my relationship and in my walk with God. We all want to be like that tree planted by the river. We do not want to be like that chaff blown away with the wind. So tonight, for a few moments, I just want to talk about what does it take? How do we flourish? What does that even mean? How do we do that? Before we go into how to flourish, first we must understand every single one of us are different. Look at your neighbor and say, you're different. There you go. Now look at them again and say, I'm different. There you go. It's equal. All right. Don't be mean about it. All right. We're all different. <laughs> We're all different. But here's the beauty. A garden is the most beautiful when there's some difference involved, right? Man, I, I mean, I've been to some rose gardens, and those are beautiful. But you know what's the most beautiful about it is the fact that it's not just one colored rose. There's multiple colored roses. If you go into, sadly, I'm not, I was about to talk about my own garden. We're not going to talk about my garden right now. But most gardens, okay, you're going to plant a little bit of everything to add some variety. And so the first thing that you need to understand is if you're going to flourish, you may not flourish the same way that your neighbor flourishes. You may not produce fruit the same way that your neighbor produces fruit. Your walk with God may not look the same as your neighbor's walk with God. Their relationship with God might look different, and that is okay. It's okay that we're all different. Thank God that we're not all morning people, or else traffic would be even worse than it already is in Ascension, right? <laughs> like that, that's just, Thank you, Jesus. Thank God we're not all night people or dominoes wouldn't know what to do with us all, right? Like that's just, thank you, Jesus. We're all a little bit different. But to flourish, it's going to take a, a, a couple of things. And so tonight I want to talk about what are those things. Uh, first of all, it takes air and soil. Air and soil. What helps plants grow besides water? What helps plants grow besides water and nutrients? Fresh, clean air and healthy soil. Dirty air caused by smoke, gases, and other pollutants can be harmful to plants, limiting their ability to take in carbon dioxide from the air for making food. It can also block out sunlight, which is also necessary for healthy plant growth. Healthy soil is extremely vital to plants. In addition to essential nutrients, food uh, found in soil, 
Soil provides an anchor for plants, roots, and helps support the plants. So, air and soil, that's you and I. First of all, let's talk about the soil. That's, that's, your, that's your roots. That's your foundation. That's your doctrine. That's what you believe. At the end of the day, when you boil everything else away, what is it that I believe? We had the opportunity to spend some time in the Middle East, and it was just absolutely uh, amazing. And we sat with some missionaries, and the missionaries told us some stories. And they went to some camps, and they went to some uh, wild uh, training, I guess, if you will. And they were were pretty much told, "What, what would you die for? What are you willing to give up your life for? What aspects of your beliefs, what aspects of your family, what, what are you willing to die for? When it boils down to it, what is it? You know, it, it kind of hit Lizzie and I, and we kind of took that away, and we started thinking about, like, what, what would I die for? Well, at the end of the day, what, where do my beliefs go that I'm like, no, I wouldn't die for that one. No, not that one. At what point do I say, is it just Jesus' name baptism? Is it just this? Is it just that? Is it? We need to figure out what is the foundation of our beliefs. What is it that are my convictions? What is it that I am putting down my roots in and saying, I'm not moving from this point? It doesn't matter where my friends may go. It doesn't matter even where my family may go. I am making a decision that my roots are being planted in this spot and I'm not going any further. You know, with plants, and I I have had some experience with this, if you only plant a little bit of soil, guess what happens? Those plants never get big and strong. They never grow the way that they're supposed to grow. The more soil, the better. Soil is vital. In fact, the deeper those roots go, the stronger those shoots will be, the tree will be, the plant will be, the stronger it will get. I was reading about plants, and this has just been a wonderful day and a half here, reading about plants, I promise you. I've learned a few things. But there are some plants that literally are planted in the ground, and then they have a rock put over top of them. Why do they have a rock put over top of them? Well, here's what happens. The plant will continue to try and go up, but because it can't go up because the rock is too strong for the little seed, it will start to produce roots down into the ground. And it will begin to go down, down, and grow bigger and stronger until the point that that oppression, that opposition, can no longer hold it in the ground anymore, and it will shoot out and push the rock to the side. That's like some of us here tonight. You might be feeling like you're facing some opposition. You might feel like you're facing some things in your life and you're going, why do I have to face this? What is it that I, why do I have to go through this? Why can't it be so-and-so or somebody else? But I want to tell you tonight, don't get frustrated in the fact that you don't feel like you're going up, but just root down and get deeper in your relationship with God and all of a sudden you're going to see that he's going to take that opposition and you're going to grow and you're going to strengthen and you're going to become a stronger Christian and all of a sudden what once held you down will now become a mark of how strong you've become as a Christian. Understand that when you grow roots, it only strengthens you every, it, it continues to strengthen you every single day. 
Grow through struggle. Grow through determination, through trials. No matter what faces you, don't get upset and try and uproot yourself. Grow through it. I've often, I've often tried to say that opposition and, and, and trials are kind of like miracle growth. Every Sunday we come in here and we're told, you've got to forgive. We come in here and we're told, don't you gossip. We come in here and we're told you've got you to make sure that you're living a good life, right life for God, right? We're, that's, that's why we come to church. We come to hear the Bible preach. And Jesus, he, he gives us some instruction. He gives us some direction. But until we actually are put into a place where we have to face some opposition, man, I can hear about not lying all day until so, all of a sudden a good moment comes where, man, this would be an easy place to lie. And then all of a sudden my, my actions have to go out and I no longer is it, oh, I'm hearing about it. Now I have to live it out, right? And now I have to prove, okay, am I truly a Christian? Well, it's easy to hear, don't talk about your neighbor. It's easy to hear, don't talk about behind someone's back. It's easy to hear, don't get bitter. But until you're put into that position where, wow, it'd be easy to tell so-and-so about so-and-so, or it'd be easy to do this, right? In that moment, then you're realizing, wow, I I, want to do that, but I'm not. That's when you realize, oh, I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing. My roots are going deeper. I'm flourishing. My life is becoming what it is that God has desired it to become. I am I'm allowing that soil, my roots, to get deep in that soil. In Matthew, it, I talked about the parable of the sower with the, with the graduates a few weeks ago, but it's so true. The soil in your life is so vital. God's planting seed every time we, every time we open the Bible, every time we spend time in prayer. God is planting some seeds in our life. And we've got to make sure that the soil of our life is where it needs to be. So first of all, we're growing roots deep, and now we're making sure the soil in my life is prepped for the word of God and for the seed of God to go forth. We talked about it. There's the good soil. There's the thorny soil. There's the, there's the soil where the, where the birds came and plucked it up. And there's all these different ones, and we've got to make sure every single day that the soil in our life is exactly where God can grow in our life. So number one, it's our air and our soil and how important it is to make sure that our, our roots go deep. I'm not, it does, like I said, it doesn't matter what you say. You know, the pastor says it so beautifully. You know, I don't know what you, no, I don't know that you know what you're saying. You don't know that I know what I'm saying, but I know 12 guys that, that know what they were talking about, right? And so I'm so thankful that I, we've got the words of, of those apostles. We've got the words of Jesus Christ, and we can build our life on that solid foundation, and we can grow our roots deep, and we can flourish. Number two, after our, our soil is, is it's water and nutrients. So you've planted the plant. You've put the seed in the ground. Well, now it's pretty vital that those plants get watered and they get fed. Let's read this together. Like humans and animals, plants need both water and nutrients to survive. Most all plants use water to carry moisture and nutrients back and forth between the roots and the leaves. Water, as well as nutrients, is normally taken up through the roots from the soil. And this is why it's important to water plants when the soil becomes dry. Fertilizer also provides plants with nutrients and and is usually given to plants when watering. The most important nutrients for plants growing needs are nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. 
Nitrogen is necessary for making green leaves. Phosphorus is needed for making big flowers and strong roots. And potassium helps the plants fight off disease. So we need water and nutrients. Okay, so we're flourishing, right? Here we are. We're, we're, we're a little seed. We're, we planted. We've, now, we've grown a little deeper. And now we need to be watered, and now we need some food. Well, this, this is like 101, y'all. I'm sorry. This is it. Water and food is your Bible, and it's prayer. It's your Bible, and it's prayer. And you're not going to get past that. You're never going to become such a good Christian, such an amazing Christian, such a do-good Christian, that you're ever going to outgrow reading your Bible and praying. I'm not trying to be condescending at all, please, because I need, like, Brendan needs to read his Bible, and he needs to pray every day. Every one of us. So why is prayer, daily prayer, so important? Quite simply, for followers of Jesus Christ, prayer is the best way to communicate with God. It's a prayer is the vehicle for daily dialogue with the one who created you. It's you talking to your creator. The importance of daily communication through prayer cannot be overestimated. It is so important. It is mentioned over 250 times in Scripture. It's a pretty big deal. Prayer is a big deal. So why is it so important? First, daily prayer gives us an opportunity to share all aspects of our life with our God. Second, daily prayer gives us a chance to express our gratitude for all the things that he's provided. Third, daily prayer provides a platform for us to confess our sins and ask God for the strength to overcome and to forgive us of the mistakes we made. And finally, daily prayer is a way to acknowledge I'm not in control. I know I feel like I've got it all together, God. I feel like, man, my business, I'm going. Man, my family, I've got this. Man, my health, I've got, but prayer reminds me that, Brendan, you've got nothing without God. It reminds you that you've got nothing without God. Without him, you are, you're, you're, you're just looking at, at nothing. And then so many people think they can do it on their own until all of a sudden like that, it can be taken away and they go, wait, 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 I, I'm still working just as hard. I'm still doing everything I was doing. Why, why is it? going through my fingers like sand. Why, why is it just escaping from me? But unless you're acknowledging, God, you are the reason that I have the breath, very breath in my lungs, you're going to be in a very scary situation. But as long as you're acknowledging that, as long as you're saying, God, you are my king, you're my savior, you're everything, okay? I'm, let's, you're king of kings, Lord of the bam, you're there. All of a sudden, you start to grow. All of a sudden, man, okay, I, I can pray a little bit more. All of a sudden, that five-minute prayer meeting I had with Jesus turns into a seven-minute prayer meeting. All of a sudden, it's, you know, ten minutes. I, I can talk a little more. Oh, man, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles, right? I sang that song to my dog today, y'all. Man, she loved it. Let's face it. We all sin daily, whether we know it or not. So as followers of Jesus Christ, what must we do? Because here's what's up. Sin, you want to not flourish. Sin's the opposite here. That's like, that's killer. That's like, that's like rat poison or, or, or what, 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 goodness, my mind just, weed killer. There we go. Wow, couldn't think of it. There you go. But sin is weed killer for you. And so, so first of all, sin is, it's going to take, prayer is going to take you to a place where you're saying, God, I, I, I can't, I can't do this. Whether we like it or not or know it or not, every single one of us sins. So as followers of Jesus Christ, what must we do? Scripture makes it very clear. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. And did not cover up my iniquity. 
I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Tell God what he already knows and do it on a daily basis. Daily prayer, time is a great place to unburden oneself from that debilitating effects of that weed killer, that sin. Number two, uh, reasons you need to daily prayer. Daily prayer is an act of worship and it's an act of obedience. Perhaps no other verse better summarizes why we should pray on a daily basis than this. 1 Thessalonians 15, 5, 16 to 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for his children to rejoice in him, to pray to him, and to give him thanks through all situations in life. So let's go back to us growing and going through that that terrible trial, that hard situation, that rock on top of the seed situation that we were describing earlier. God wants us to praise him even in the tough times. God wants us to worship and say, I know that right now I feel like I'm doing zero growing. And even in the midst of us feeling like I'm going nowhere fast, we still need to be praying. Even when you feel like your prayers aren't going past the ceiling, you still need to pray. Even when you feel like, God, I've prayed and nothing that, you, that I feel you promised me has happened, still pray. It's an act of obedience. It's saying, God, you are in control. I'm not doing it because I want to do it. I'm doing it because you've instructed me to do it. It's showing that we're ready to obey our God and that we're willing to go the distance for him. And finally, like I said, it's acknowledging who's in control of our lives. As Christians, we know who is really in control. God is sovereign. Nothing happens without God knowing about it. Because he is sovereign over all, he deserves our worship and praise. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. That's 1 Chronicles 29, 11. God is our great king. And as such, he controls every aspect of our lives. Each day we should acknowledge his proper place in our lives, humbly with a reverence reserved for such a great and awesome king. You know, there's a scripture in, in, throughout the Gospels, and Jesus is walking with his disciples. John the Baptist is, you know, the man that was yelling out in the wilderness, cuckoo John, saying, there comes one greater than I. I'm baptizing you with water, but he's coming with fire. And everyone's like, whoa, what's this sideshow, right? Like, what's going on? And they all, they're all getting baptized. Jesus comes and says, hey, John, I need you to baptize me. And he's like, man, I'm not worthy to even undo your sandals, dude. Like, man, no, baptize me. And he's like, no, John, I need you to baptize me. Well, John, he eventually, he, he starts saying the wrong things. The dude, you know, can't keep his mouth shut. And he says the wrong things to the wrong person, tells somebody that he shouldn't be sleeping with somebody else's wife, and he winds up in jail. And John, he's in jail, and he says, he starts to get a moment of doubt. A moment of doubt, and he sends his disciples, and he says, go ask Jesus if he is the one or if there's another. Go ask Jesus, is, is he the one? Because right now, I don't like the circumstance I'm in. I believe God's in control, but I don't like this situation. I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like I'm flourishing. I'm in a jail cell for doing what he told me to do. And so John sends his disciples, and, and, and Jesus looks at him. And he quotes a scripture from Isaiah, a scripture that John would have known very, very well. And, John, and Jesus says, 
go tell John. The blind eyes are open. And this is what the scripture in Isaiah says, okay? So let me tell you. The scripture in Isaiah says this. So there'll, there'll be a Messiah, and he's going to open blind eyes. Deaf ears will be opened, and the captives will be set free, okay? So he says that. That's the scripture that Jesus is about to quote here. But look what Jesus does. Go tell John that blind eyes are open. The deaf ears are open. And all these disciples, I'm sure they're on the edge of their seat going, okay, and prisoners are set free. Jesus does not say that. Instead, you know what Jesus says? And tell John, blessed are they who are not offended in me. And he sends the disciples back. Here's John waiting in prison, waiting to hear the very words that Jesus is about to quote. And instead, he kind of sends a curveball and says, John, I'm not going to set you free from this prison you're walking in. But I want you to understand before you ever wound up in that prison cell, I saw it all happen. And I knew where you were going to be. And that's the number one reason we need to acknowledge that God is sovereign in our lives. Because if you're really going to flourish, it might mean some hard roads. If you're really going to flourish, it might not always mean sunshine and rainbows and lollipops. It might mean you have to walk some hard roads. I wish Christianity was just, you know, what I just, you know, golden roads for the rest of us, golden Buicks and all the rest, right? But instead, do you know what sometimes Christianity is? Sometimes it's broken hearts. Sometimes it's unanswered prayers. But do you know what? In spite of it all, know that God is sovereign. And before it ever walked into your life, before any one of those situations came into your life, it went through the sovereign hands of Jesus Christ. He's, he's, he's seen it all. And that's what daily prayer will do. It will remind you, God, I'm growing even though I don't feel like I'm growing. I'm flourishing even though the situation around me tells me I should be dying. But I'm going to flourish none the less. Your prayer is so vital. Reading your Bible daily is vital. That is the, that's the bread. That's the bread. You're, you got to eat. You need the, your nutrients. You need to know what that word says. You need to make sure that you, you've got your, that's your weapon. There's days that you might not have anything to say in prayer but to open up your Bible and to start quoting some scripture that God's given to you, some promises that he's shown you and said, you know, this is what I'm saying. I'm king of kings. I'm Lord of lords. And you open up that Bible and you start to pray that, and man, you'll feel the power of the Holy Ghost come into your room so fast. I'm telling you, the word of God is alive. It's real. It's the nutrients you need to nourish yourself and to flourish. And finally, so we've talked about the soil. We've talked about roots. We've talked about the water and the nutrients, and here we are. Space and time. Continuum. No, space and time. Who you spend your time around and your time. Listen up. Space is yet another factor to consider when growing plants. Both the roots and the fo- foliage, foliage, foliage need room to grow. Without enough room, so hear that? They all need room to grow, right? Without enough room, plants can become stunted or too small. Overcrowded crowded plants are also more likely to suffer from diseases since airflow may be limited. Finally, plants may require time. They do not grow overnight. It takes time and patience to grow plants, some more so than others. Most plants require a particular number of days, months, or even years to produce flowers and fruit. So first... Let's talk about that space thing. Now, it, this is where we're a little bit different than flowers. I know there's a few few reasons. Like, we got faces and nostrils. I get that, okay? Like, I, I'm, I'm way ahead of y'all. <laughs> like, welcome. But, but here's what's important. 
Who's around you? Who are you spending your time with? This is telling us that plants are able to contract diseases if they're too close to some bad plants. Guess what? As humans, it might not be a physical disease. Very quickly, you'll get, you'll get bitter. You'll get angry. You'll get upset. Things will tip you over the edge a lot quicker if you're hanging around with the wrong people. All of a sudden, you'll become disinterested. You'll become, you'll, you'll push, you know, bored, stale. You use the word, and all of a sudden, you're not flourishing. You're becoming more and more like the people you're spending your time around. Beautiful quote that I absolutely love. Five years from now, you'll be the exact same person except for the people that you spend your time around and the books that you read. What are you, what's the influences on your life? What's, what's closest to you? Is what's around you healthy? Are the relationships you're in, are they healthy? Are they, are they promoting you or pushing you to flourish, to grow in your relationship with God? Or, or are they damaging that, that, that desire to flourish? Are they damaging that want for good community? The Bible tells us in Hebrews 24 and 25, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The day, that's when Jesus is coming back. So let us, this is what Hebrews is saying. Let's spur one another on. Now, I've never known a horse to like to be spurred, right? And I don't like, I mean, I've never had somebody spur me, literally, but I've had some people come up and, hey, Brendan, you know, you don't seem to be doing so well. What's going on? Do you need some help? And that doesn't feel, that's not comfortable. But that's spurring. The Bible's telling, that's, it, that's an instruction to you and I. If, if you see your brother hurting, if you see your sister, you know, kind of fainting, go up, help them, strengthen them, and push them on, encourage them, give them a, give them a word. Let them know God is fighting for them, right? Man, I hate being married to the hills, man. They're all singers. But anyways, let us, let us spur one another on. The reason I said that is because I can't sing, okay? That's all. Let's spur one another, encourage one another, lift one another up. Also in Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's important. You can't tell me it's not important who you spend your time around. You can't. You won't convince me. Let's read another one. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. There's God talking. I'm going to be in their presence. Man, I want to be where God is. I want to be where God is. So if, I'm gonna, if I have to get around some godly people to make sure God's in my presence, you better believe I'm going to get in the presence of some godly people. Acts 2, right after the Holy Ghost has been poured out, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they met together in the temple courts. They broke breads in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's important who you spend your time with. You need to make sure. Uh, that, that's one thing that I try on myself, I try and check, who, who am I allowing to influence me? Who's, who's in my circle? Who's in my bubble? Who's, who's allowed to speak into my voice that I'm allowing them, uh, you know, some influence on me? Who is it? And that's a question you need to ask yourself. Who, who am I allowing to influence me? Is it godly people or is it not so godly people? Because I'm telling you, if you allow that your space to be invaded by some sick, diseased, not physically, you know, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, it will get on you. It's going to happen. 
It's going to happen. And finally, last but not least, least, leaf. <laughs> it's time. It's time. We all need a little time. Your time might be a little bit different than my time. The amount of time you need might not be what I need. I, maybe my life, I'm flourishing in minutes and you're flourishing in years. Maybe I'm flourishing in decades and you're flourishing in hours, you know. But no matter where somebody else is, don't look at their life and say, why haven't I flourished like they're flourishing? Why am I not where they are? Man, I feel like I pray. I feel like everything this guy's saying tonight, I do that and more. Man, he hasn't even mentioned fasting. Like, man, how's he up there? But, you know, why? don't get discouraged. Don't get upset. Don't get frustrated and say, why haven't I flourished the way I feel like my life should have flourished by now? Why have I had to go through all this and that person over there, man, it seems like they're getting another promotion. Their family's just doing great. How? Ah, don't do it. Don't do it. Instead, understand that God's timing is perfect. It goes back to that sovereignty, right? It's that understanding that his timing is perfect. His timing's not my timing. And man, if it was, we might be in trouble. I don't know. But you know, I, it's, very, it's, it's very important that we say, God, not my will. Let your will be accomplished. God, I must decrease so that you can increase. If I'm going to flourish the way that I know that you're desiring for me to flourish, then I'm going to have to give it a little bit more time. Let's all stand tonight. I truly believe that LifePoint is in a place of growth. I believe that we're in a place where God's just doing some amazing things. I believe we are seeing God add to the church daily. I truly believe that we are in that place right now. But I believe that it takes some people saying, you know what, I'm willing, I want to flourish a little bit more than I'm flourishing even now. I know I've been flourishing, man, this past season has been a blast, and I'm just excited what God has done. But it takes some people saying, I'm not satisfied with what I've seen because I want to see some more. I want to see some blind eyes open. I want to see some deaf ears open. I want to see some chains broken. I, wa- I want to see it, and I don't want to see it outside. I want to see it here at LifePoint. Why not, right? Why not? Why not at your workplace? Why not in your school? Why not? And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some people that are saying, I'm flourishing. I don't care what's around me. I don't care what everyone else is doing. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to flourish, man. We're going to flourish. So tonight, for just a moment, I want us to just lift our hands. And I want us to make a declaration. I'm declaring with my own lips, God, we're flourishing. We're flourishing. Young life is flourishing. Wildlife kids is flourishing. Hyphen is flourishing. I'm telling you, every age group in this church, we're flourishing. We're declaring it. We're prophesying it. We're saying it. We're speaking it. We're speaking life right now. And I want you to start to declare that. We're flourishing. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world around us. It doesn't matter how dark it's getting around us. God, we're flourishing. We're seeking after you. We're pursuing after you. We're running after you. We desire you more than anything else. Right now, let's all pray for just a minute.